0: Welcome to Calibrate Conversations, a podcast about embracing God's standard for sexuality. I'm your host, Brady Cohn. Today, it's just me. You're stuck with me this whole time, but we have an important topic to talk about that I think might intrigue you a little bit, and I think it might challenge you, and we always hope and pray for that, that it challenges you in a good way and causes you to think maybe a little bit in some some broader terms, a more nuanced way that maybe we've been taught sometimes as christians so today we are going to talk about the billy graham rule all right some of you guys know exactly what i'm talking about some of you guys might have no idea uh what is the billy graham rule so billy graham the great evangelist he had the rule that he would never spend time alone with a woman that's not his wife and it's become the billy graham rule many many christians subscribe to it follow it uh for a variety of reasons which we're going to unpack a little bit it got a lot of attention a few years ago when mike pence uh said he he really went by the same principles and the same rule um it's been receiving a lot of attention the last week because of some blow-ups on twitter and so there's this tweet with a woman uh that that was by a woman who um claims that a man completely ignored her and refused to ride in an elevator with her because of the Billy Graham rule so let me show you this tweet this tweet from this woman who I'm not going to name she since deleted it because it got so much pushback but when she uh posted this just a few days ago gosh at the time that this was reposted it had 122,000 views I think it had like tens of thousands of comments but she said when the Billy Graham rule goes too far a man refused to ride an elevator ride with me. He said he'd wait for the next one. I rode the elevator alone, humiliated, remembering my body is dangerous to men. If you can't take an elevator ride with a woman, the problem is not her body. All right, so those are some harsh words and it ignited a firestorm on Twitter. Uh, And it really brought to the forefront a lot of the controversy around the Billy Graham rule. So why is it a controversy? It's a controversy because people think it's degrading to women. It's treating all women as a threat. Uh, uh, Many times they claim it eliminates a lot of opportunities for women. Let's say a manager can't be... And alone with a woman, then maybe he can't promote a woman to a role that he'll have to work with her one-on-one at times. Uh, so they they really think it's limiting to women. And I think that there's some merit to that. Uh, so it feels degrading to them. They they feel like it makes them a threat just because they're a woman. They, they believe it inhibits um, community relationships and opportunities. And I think that there is... Is, is some merit to those concerns. I want to share uh, a quote from an article that I have been reading that I think a, a lady who was arguing against the Billy Graham rule shared. And I think that this was really uh, well written and uh, she did a good job of sharing her thoughts. I'm not going to share the whole thing. Uh, she did say she had talked about how she had brotherly type relationships with men. And I think that that's, that's great. And so here's part of the article. She said, it's right and proper, of course, to be careful about how this all works with my big brother friend mentioned above. I'd always want to make sure that his wife knew when we were going out. I also have a rule that I would never stay overnight in a house where there's only a man or have a man on his own come to stay with me. That seems to me, just to be sensible. Plus, there's something about what others see. I, I don't want the neighbor's curtains twitching. Recently, I was due to some, due to see some good friends after conference, have dinner with them and stay overnight. At the last minute, the wife said I, the wife had to go away. So I still went to the conference, still had dinner with the husband. Then I got on the train home. Would have been perfectly safe and fasted. And above board if I stayed overnight? Absolutely. Was it the right decision to go home? I think so. Because it's important to have rules and boundaries and to be wise. There have been numerous occasions in my life where uh when I've had a one-on-one meeting or conversation with a man, some of these have been about pastoral care uh, one way or another, Uh, some have been about supervision, some have been planning meetings, some have had to do with mentoring, counseling, spiritual direction, some have been social events. Uh, My life, and I dare suggest their lives, would have been much poorer had these meetings conversations never taken place. So while I think it's wise to have boundaries and uh, to have them thought through in advance so that everyone's clear. But for me, the problem with the Billy Graham or Mike Pence rule is that it says fire is bad. And so it removes not just matches and lighters from the house, but also all paper and cardboard and wood. Then it douses the whole place in water. Honestly, I find it offensive. I'm offended that a man would think that half an hour alone with me in a car or in a meeting or a restaurant would mean he'd be immediately led astray okay so that is a lot that she should and i think that is really well written and i think that it's fair that she should feel this way i think that she showed what it looks like to have some uh healthy boundaries so i will say this i think that it seems like it was necessary for billy graham to have this rule uh he was a an extremely high profile person who god was using to do some great work and those people are targets. There are reports that from one of his staff members that one time one of his staff caught a woman hiding in the closet of his motel room to try to trap him into a, a bad situation to make accusations against him. So for him, it wasn't about avoiding temptation as much as it was about avoiding false accusations because of the unique position he was in. And I think that's completely fair. But uh, what was necessary in this specific circumstance though, should not become the rule for everyone. That's what legalism does. But God calls us to live lives that are full of wisdom. And wisdom applies God's principles as necessary in different situations. One thing I can say about Billy Graham, his reputation uh, is intact and he never had a sex scandal. So for him, it worked. And I think that's a fair assessment. But when I was a new believer, and I first heard about the Billy Graham rule, and there's all these rules that I was supposed to follow, uh, I was really confused by the Billy Graham rule, because I struggled with lust towards men. So why couldn't I spend a t- time with a woman? Uh, it's not the women that I was struggling with lust towards who had caused me to stumble. And so for me, I immediately knew that there's something off about applying this rule to just all men. At Calibrate Ministries, we have an entire ministry just for parents of LGBTQ kids, because we want to be able to shepherd your hearts and encourage you and pray for you and your family as you navigate these situations. So just go to calibrateministries.com and fill out the contact form, and I'd love to be in touch with you about how you can be involved in that ministry. And so... uh Over the years then, I I would see a lot of frustration in my heart as I saw that these dynamics, that this type of rule or culture, that all women are a threat, was applied in some really unhealthy ways. I want to share a few examples. One is I've seen churches that refuse to have a church secretary because having a woman in the building might tempt the pastors. And I, I say, Oh my gosh, there are some major red flags there. If I, if pastors are that tempted, then they shouldn't be pastors. And so I can't, I, I can understand why this would be offensive to women. And I think it's going way too far with legalism and treating women as an object instead of the man dealing with his own heart. Secondly, I've seen it ignore the needs of women. I've heard stories of men refusing to pick up a stranded woman because that would mean uh, being alone in the car with her. And if a woman is stranded and needs a ride, her car is broken down and you won't do it because a woman would be in the car with you, to me, that is absolutely refusing to love your sister or to love your neighbor. And to me, that's taking something way too far And applying it into a context that's actually doing damage instead of helping someone. I know men who don't allow their wife to have any interaction with other men. And that's a major red flag, I would say, in a relationship or marriage. Uh, That's not protecting or loving your wife, it's jealousy and it really reeks of a lack of trust. When you're married, there should be limitations, but those should come from a place of trust, from mutual submission uh, to constant, to, and coming from a place of constant communication with one another. And those boundaries need to be agreed upon in healthy ways so both people can flourish. So how do we respond? What is a better way of practicing wisdom and applying wisdom in this part of our life instead of just applying a legalistic rule like the Billy Graham rule. I have three principles I want to share or three aspects we need to consider. We need to consider respect. If someone is uncomfortable being alone with another person, we should respect that. The the world should respect that. Um, obviously if a woman is uncomfortable, then uh, I think the world respects that, uh, but it should go both ways. We don't uh, assume reasons as this tweet did. This lady had no way of knowing that the Billy Graham rule is why this guy declined to be in the elevator with him. Uh, what if she had a really bad smell? What if she had some bad body odor? Maybe that was the reason. For, I mean, we don't know that, but maybe it was so. Uh, I, I usually don't say this word out loud, but because uh, I don't do a lot of bathroom humor, but maybe he really needed to fart and didn't think he could hold it in. And he wanted to respect her by not uh, doing it in an elevator with her. Like, that's awesome. That's great that he would respect her in that way. We need to not assume the motives and we respect boundaries that others set when we don't know the reasons why they're setting that. Uh, We should seek to protect other women, protect their hearts, uh, to protect their marriages, Uh, But I will say this is that men, not every woman wants to jump your bones. Like, seriously, uh, don't assume that every woman is a threat to you because not every woman thinks you're attractive. Trust me, most of them probably don't. So don't make that assumption. Don't flatter yourself. But this this tweet has caused so much just uh, back and forth from two different sides. One side is kind of the feminist, uh, sometimes worldly. side um uh and one side is from some very conservative uh, people who think that this rule uh is healthy i want to show one example of a tweet that's uh, one of the responses to the tweet and so let me share my screen here And this just shows some of the back and forth assumptions being made. And so I think that the tweet itself, the initial tweet, um, made so many assumptions that were wrong in assuming that this guy was rejecting her because of uh, the Billy Graham rule when she didn't know that. And so this person said, instead of the Billy Graham rule, we need to focus on how unstable a person must be, that if someone refuses to get in an elevator with them, it leads to feeling alone, humiliated, humiliated and their body dangerous. A person uh comfortable in their own skin would never have that response. And I think that there's some merit to that. I think that this woman uh should have respected that for whatever reason this man didn't want to ride in the elevator with her. And this man needs also examine his own heart on why is he avoiding riding in the elevator with her. Maybe he has some heart level issues to deal with and that he needs to work on. And we'll get to those in a few minutes. Uh, But I think it's interesting that the response to this response then, as we see here on the screen, says her response is a trauma response from being told that her body is dangerous and bad and a temptation uh, and all those negative things for probably years. That's holy cow, what a ho- now whole nother level of, of su- assumptions. This person who doesn't even know this girl uh, says that she responded this way because of years of trauma forced on her by how her body was seen. So now uh, we have a whole different level of assumptions. And so someone responded and pointed out, nobody told her her body is dangerous. Uh, and uh, then someone pointed out, if a woman won't get on an elevator alone with a non-thuggish looking man, do the same rules apply? So it's pointing out the hypocrisy on women can set these boundaries. But when a man sets a boundary and doesn't want to be alone with a certain woman, all of a sudden he's he's being abusive to her. And so the it goes on and on. And I could show you tweet after tweet that's responding. Um, uh here this person says if married man follows the Billy Graham rule and makes sure he's never alone with a with me good for him I'm a girl's girl and glad she's found a true champ who cares for enough to go the extra mile for her so it's like I man like but I think that that's not necessary in all situations uh here's someone said a woman who finds a way to to pretend to be humiliated humiliated by the Billy Graham rule is a woman you should not get on an elevator with. I think that there's some wisdom in that. I think that this woman who tweeted this, who uh, was so offended by this man not getting on the elevator, has some deep insecurities that should make these assumptions and be so offended. So that's the type of woman that I probably don't want to ride alone on an elevator with, because that's the type of woman who is going to make uh, a lot of assumptions um, and uh, make someone's life hard unnecessarily. Uh, this person, Denny Burke, who I have a lot of respect for said the Billy Graham rule is not merely or often even mainly about avoiding temptation. It's often about avoiding situations that expose one to false accusations. And there's, there's some, uh, um, truth to that. That's why Billy Graham did it. It was more about avoiding false accusations. All right. Well, I think we've seen enough tweets. I really don't like Twitter. There's way too much uh, negativity there. But that's a conversation that's happening. And it's so polarizing. And I understand both sides of it. And I think that uh, both sides need to have some respect, need to respect one another and need to not make assumptions about other people uh, so strongly. So the second principle that I want us to examine is the principle of restoration. If we are struggling with lust, we need discipleship. Regardless of who that lust is for, if our if our lust prevents us from working at a certain job, then I think that we're the ones who need to sacrifice that career field and not make other people suffer because we can't be alone in a room with them for a few minutes. And so I, I, I think that we need to, uh, instead of just, setting these these physical boundaries that help us avoid a temptation where we might sin. We need restoration. Maybe some boundaries are necessary initially when we're a new believer and we have to understand what boundaries are necessary for us right now. But the goal should be restoration, restoration of our hearts so that we're not looking at a person as an object who can make us feel a certain way. As part of that restoration, we need accountability. We need communication. We need discipleship. We need uh, men to walk alongside us. If we're married, we need constant communication with our spouse. We don't keep secrets. We have godly men walking alongside us to help us process these situations, how we're responding to them, what's wise in these specific situations in in a specific person's life. Uh, We let them examine us and question us. We go to them when we're struggling. That's a discipleship we all need, and that helps bring restoration. The third concept is relationships. We need to seek godly, healthy relationships with both men and women in a manner which is edifying and healthy. And that will look differently in different situations with different people. I'm going to interact differently with men and women. I'm not going to go to the house of a woman and just hang out for a long period of time. If I'm texting with her for some reason I'm gonna guard my heart some and guard her some and maybe not get too overly personal uh for for many women the context of friendship is gonna come as married couples or uh you know my uh wife and I inviting a single woman over um my wife and I when we were first married Mary and I we had a a man living in our house he was our youth pastor. And some people would, because of the Billy Graham rule, would say, "Oh, that can't be allowed because there's times when he's alone with uh, um, my wife because they're the only two home." And it's like, "Well, I'm sorry, Brandon. I don't think that my wife is going to, you know, make a move on you. And I trusted him as my brother in Christ that he wasn't going to make a move on my wife, and that we could live as brothers and sisters in Christ." After Brandon moved out, we had a, another friend, Mariah, live with us. She lived with us for a year, and again, it's like, you know, like I knew that that was. I felt like that was safe for my marriage and for her because I had a sisterly respect for her, and if she needed some boundaries in the house, that's that's completely fine. There's there's open communication, uh, and also my struggle was not has never with lust has never been towards women. So I knew that this this uh, you know twenty three-year-old, 24-year-old girl could be safe in our house and at times be there when I'm the only other person in the house because I was not struggling in a way that would be a threat to her. Uh, And so we have to use wisdom in those situations, but ultimately build relationships that are healthy. And when we set these hard and fast boundaries to where you can never be alone with another woman, what ends up happening is that we uh, miss out on life-giving relationships. I have relationships with women that are life-giving. Uh, my friend Savannah, in, back in Kearney, uh, I've always loved her like a sister, and I still do. And when we, when I go to Kearney, sometimes we get coffee. And if Mary's there, she wants to see Mary and Rowan too, and, and the kids, but I have no problem going and getting coffee with Savannah. And sometimes when we were... Uh, no, you know both still single living and carney there's a reason for me to stop by her house and i had no problem with that. i had no problem for her stopping by her house and uh, by my house and sitting down and catching up because that's what friends do and we had a life-giving relationship uh i have a friend Sherlyn who uh is a great mentor and friend and she shows so much hospitality and uh, i i spend the night at their house when i'm traveling uh and sometimes her husband is there sometimes he's not Sherilyn is like 40 years older than me. So some people would say, well, obviously that's not a problem. No, it's not. Uh, but some people would make that a problem based on applying the Billy Graham rule. But this woman is like, a, is a cherished woman in my life. And I, I can stay overnight at her house and we're not a threat to one another. We s- s- sit up and we have long, deep conversations about what Jesus is doing in our lives. And I cherish uh, that relationship with her. And just because she's a woman and I'm a man, um, I, I would be devastated if I couldn't have those types of friendships and brother sisterly type relationships uh, with, with people who love Jesus. I have pastors and church leaders regularly reach out to me about speaking at their churches and events. If that's something you would be interested in, feel free to go to calibrateministries.com and fill out the contact form. And I'd love to talk to you about what that would look like. All right. So I know what a lot of people are saying. They're saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, this this rule is biblical. It's in the Bible, and there's a verse they always go to as the proof text. It's First Thessalonians uh, verse five twenty two, and there's there's some different um, uh, versions of because there's different translations, but people always spout out it's like, well, the Bible says you should always avoid the appearance of evil. So I could never put myself in a situation where I could possibly be alone with a woman because that would be the appearance of evil. Because someone might be able to make the assumptions that they we're doing something. And so uh, the appearance of evil uh, is in the King James Version. And there are some people who are King James only. And that's a whole nother topic that, on why they're wrong. Um, but i don't think that just the the phrase appearance of evil is the best translation of what it's talking about in the greek uh in the niv and nlt it says avoid every kind of evil and or every form of evil the new king james and the esv so uh, avoid every form of evil so whatever your heart struggles with uh whatever your temptations are you need to avoid that form of evil and so if you're really being tempted with um, women right now, if you're a man, you need to avoid situations where you will be tempted. There's there's wisdom in that. I, as a man who has dealt with same-sex attraction, um, I... I am cautious in those situations. I'm cautious about who I chat with online. I'm cautious about meeting up with a man who also has same-sex attraction. If I've never met him, I'll meet up in a public place in a coffee shop. I try to use wisdom there uh, to protect my heart and to protect him. But then as we uh, become you know, brothers in Christ, I should be able to spend time alone with him because our relationship can be restored. I can have relationships with men that are restored and my brothers who struggle with lust towards women should be able to have relationships with women who are restored as god intended as brothers and sisters in christ and i'm 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 not thankful that i ever struggle with same-sex traction and 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 i'm you know uh full of remorse and of this the sin it's caused in my life But I am thankful that I'm in a position where my relationships towards those I've struggled with had to be restored because as a man, I needed community with other men and I needed deep relationships. So I had to work through how do I have deep relationships with other men and not objectify them, not uh, uh, look at them lustfully, how to have deep, heartfelt life together. And I had to work through that, and I had to find restoration. And I'm thankful that God used that in my life, and and uh, I would be able to be in a spot where I can have deep fellowship with men without objectifying them, without lusting after them, and I still then am wise and guarding my heart in that way. And I think that that's a great vision for other men who you know have struggled with lust for for women, which is probably most men. That's a great vision to have with the relationships with women restoration so they can have brotherly and sisterly relationships, professional relationships at times. If it's in the workplace, neighborly relationships with our community and our neighbors in a way that is life giving and honoring to other people. And so uh, legalism takes that one verse out of context and it applies a very black and white rule to everyone. But wisdom takes all of scripture and applies it wisely in the appropriate places. One problem with emphasizing the appearance of evil, like a lot of people try to do with that verse, which I think is not the best translation anyway, is that it makes us slaves to the perception of others. There will always be someone who thinks that uh, something you do or doing is wrong or that it looks wrong to them. So rather than spending our time getting to know God and serving him, we worry about the possibility that someone somewhere might misconstrue our actions. Uh, In the same letter that he wrote this about avoiding evil, Paul wrote, just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please men, but to please God who tests our hearts. That's 1 Thessalonians 2.4. And so our goal is to live righteously before God, not to comply with others, arbitrary standards or conduct or uh, be slaves of what they might think. You know, uh, a lot of the same legalism that enforces the Billy Graham rule in every person's life would be the same time, people would say, well, no, we can't get drunk, uh, but we need to avoid the appearance of evil. So therefore we can never drink uh, and therefore we can never walk into a place where alcohol is being served, or we can never, you know, uh, associate with someone who does drink. Like that's what legalism does. And I love what you know in this article I quoted earlier uh, by Kate Wharton. Uh, she said that uh, with a Billy Graham rule applied to every person's life, not only avoids the fire, but it tears down the entire house and douses it in water, and it destroys so much of what is good. And when we apply those rules to alcohol or to our relationships with men and women, it destroys so much of what God has made good. But I will end with this because I want to present all sides, and I think we need to apply wisdom in all situations. Uh, Proverbs 5, 6 says this for she cares nothing about the path to life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't realize it. So now my son, listen to me, never stray from what I'm about to say, stray away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. There's another piece of wisdom. It's not just men who are evil, who have ill intentions. There are some women who are evil and have ill intentions Uh, And so we need to avoid those women. We need to flee those situations. That doesn't mean we avoid all women. It doesn't mean we avoid being alone with all women. We use discernment and we develop the maturity so we can understand what's going on. And if a woman does try to entice you inappropriately, you have the maturity to flee. And I think that is a much better goal and much better vision to work for than uh, applying something like the Billy Graham rule to every person's life. Because uh, we don't want to miss out, we don't want to miss out on life-giving relations, relationships. We don't want to miss out on loving people that God calls us to love, and we don't want to miss out on the restoration that God wants to bring to our hearts, our souls, and ultimately our relationships. All right. Well, I have said a lot, and uh, that's. I, I think that gives us a lot to think about. I think that some of this conversation really um, goes back to the conversations I've had recently about the Alistair bag controversy, which has been the last couple of weeks of a video. So check those out. I think that uh, we tend to apply black and white rules and we make arbitrary decisions on this is the line that someone can't cross. And I think that does us harm uh, in our witness to others. And as we live out the Christian faith. And so I really hope and pray that what I've shared tonight uh, gives you a lot to contemplate that we can evaluate. Where am I applying wisdom in my own life? Where am I misapplying wisdom in uh, my own life? And where am I misapplying um, and, and giving legalistic rules to other people that actually might be doing them harm? All right, uh, let's embrace God's standard for sexuality. Let's do that with wisdom and nuance and grace and trust that God can restore and redeem what our sinfulness has made broken. Check out CalibrateMinistries.com for more resources podcasts. I appreciate your support. If you've been encouraged by this ministry, I'd appreciate uh, your support. You can make donations at com. You can also donate stock to the ministry. Uh, I've had a few people who want to do that this last year as part of their giving to Calibrate. And so talk to me if you want to do that. Otherwise, we appreciate your monthly support, one-time donations. It makes this ministry possible. All right. Thank you so much.